Welcome to Season 1 of Master the Prophetic Audio Experience. We are on a discovery journey to activate, grow, and release the voice of God not just for us, but the world around us. We interview guests from all walks of life and backgrounds and how their experiences with God has advanced their path to mastering the prophetic. This season, we're asking guests how the voice of God has helped identify and navigate life through seasons of hardship and crisis and how to even steward a season of success. Come join us now during this conversation. Uh, last week, I began a, a teaching on the Shamar aspect of prophet's ministry. And the word Shamar is a Hebrew word that means to encircle. It means to surround. It means to protect like a fence surrounding a vineyard or like a wall surrounding a city. And we talked about the fact that one of the functions of prophets in the local church, according to Ephesians 4.11, God has said some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. And then it talks about, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. The verse I was quoting before that is 1 Corinthians 12 and 28. And God has said in the church, First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. So prophets or the prophet's ministry is a ministry that's set in the church by God. One of the fivefold ministry gifts, everyone is not a prophet. We're not trying to make everyone a prophet. Everyone can prophesy to some degree based on your gifting, but everyone is not a prophet. So we're, we're, we're dealing more with the prophet's ministry. We talked about personal prophecy, prophesying according uh, to being baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, edification, exhortation, comfort, confirmation, some of the blessings of prophecy. Now we're dealing more with the prayer aspect of a prophet's ministry. Often people in our churches who are called into the ministry of prayer and intercession have prophetic callings upon their lives. And their prayer ministry is a barrier, a wall, a fence against any uh, satanic or demonic invasion that is sent against a church to destroy it. Often the lack of this in local churches has led to many churches being destroyed, separated, divided, confusion, because we've not understood how important the prophet's ministry is. Remember in the last program we talked about the fact that in the Old Covenant, prophets were called seers, S-E-E-R-S, -E because they see things. They have, they have visions, they have dreams. They were to see not only bad things, but also good things. They have the ability to see things that are coming, things that are, are, are manifesting, things that are invisible to the natural eye. And so they were called seers. They had the ability to see into the lives of people, see events that were coming, uh, see invasion of the enemy. Uh, lo uh, Joel saw locusts coming against Israel. Uh, they often saw invading armies approaching and would warn Israel concerning judgment and, and, and clouds and armies coming, locusts and uh, canker worms, palmer worms, caterpillars, because they were seers. And there's a seeing element to the prophetic that gives prophets the ability to see things. And often what they see are the plans of darkness and the operations and strategies of hell against a local church and they're able therefore to stand in a position of authority and power and rebuke uh, deal with 
any strategy of hell against a pastor, a church, a local assembly. And so they have what we call a shamar or protecting uh, anointing through prayer, through intercession, through their preaching, their teaching. And the foundational verse that I use for this study is taken from the book of Hosea, chapter 12 and verse 13. Hosea 12 and 13 is really referring to the ministry of Moses. Moses being a prophet also had a shamar type ministry in praying and interceding for Israel. It says, and by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. That's the deliverance aspect of the prophet's ministry. Many prophets have very strong deliverance anointings that destroy yokes, lift burdens, break people free from all kinds of bondages through their preaching, their prophetic ministry, their ministry in general. It says, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. That word preserved is the word shamar. It means to preserve, to protect, to keep, to guard, to watch over. And so prophets often are called watchmen. They are spiritual guards. Uh, they, have, they stand in the gate. They have a, a ward, a place where they are assigned by God. This can be over a local church. This can be in a region. This can be in a territory, a city. It can also be in a nation. All prophets are not the same. There are some national prophets, some local prophets, some prophets that are dealing with cities that God plants in cities to pray for that city, to intercede for that city, to guard, to protect, uh, to stand in the gates, to stand in the, in the gaps, in the hedges, uh, to make sure the enemy's plans are aborted and canceled. And it's a very important ministry that needs to be identified and released in the church. And God has set it in the church for this particular region. Reason. Now, I want to go to chapter number six and pick up uh, on the chapter called Prophets at the Gates. In the Bible, we're going to talk about watchmen today. In the Bible, watchmen were positioned at the outer defenses, the wall of a city, or the hedge fence of a field, or in a raised outlook or tower that overlooked the territory that needed to be watched. A watchman is one who stands guard. Ancient cities had watchmen stationed on the walls. Their responsibility was to sound a warning if an enemy approached. You see that in 2 Kings 9 and 17, Ezekiel 33, verses 2 and 3. The Israelites were also, also posed a position watchmen to serve as sentinels over their vineyards and fields especially during harvest. Their responsibility was to guard the produce from animals and thieves. In a similar way, Israel's prophets saw themselves as watchmen, warning the nation of God's approaching judgment of the, if the people did not repent. Today, one way of identifying their position and role is to say that the watchmen guard the gates of a local church and more. If you read scripture with the word gates in mind, you begin to see this connection everywhere. For example, consider the following passages from the Old Testament. Uh, I want to read Isaiah 22 and verse number 7. You can write these verses down. If you can't follow me, just write them down and refer to the verses later. Or if you have the book on page number 88, you can read along with me. Uh, Isaiah 22, 7. And it shall come to pass that the choicest valleys shall be full of chariots, 
and the horsemen shall set themselves in array at the gate. These are verses that talk about the gate. Uh, Psalms 147, 13 and 14. For he has strengthened the bars of thy gates. He has blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace in thy borders and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. Uh, Judges 5 and 8. Then was war in the gates. And then Daniel 2.49. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Uh, gates are entry points, and they need to be strengthened in order to keep the enemy out and to keep the people and all that they possess safe. The prophet's ministry helps strengthen the gates so that the children will be blessed and peace will be within the church. With the benefit of the protection of the prophetic ministry, the church will be filled with the finest of the wheat or prosperity. That, that verse is taken from Psalms 147 in verses 13 and 14. I want to read those verses again. For he has strengthened the bars of thy gates. He has blessed thy children within thee. Notice when the, the, the bars of the gates are strengthened, the children within the walls of the city are blessed. He maketh peace or shalom in thy borders and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. What a powerful verse. It talks about the strengthening of the gates. Now, one of the things I believe that when you begin to strengthen the prophetic ministry in a local church by teaching, preaching, identifying, activating, imparting uh, this particular gift, calling and anointing, recognizing prophets, raising up strong intercessors, strong prophetic prayer warriors uh, within the house, is that you literally begin to strengthen the gates. The gates of a church are the entry points. Now, there can be many different gates. The music ministry can be a gate. The elders uh, can be a gate. Um, almost any department within a church is an entry point, a gate within that local assembly. What we don't want to see in local churches are thieves, robbers, false brethren, individuals who have the wrong motives coming into the gates of a church getting involved in ministry and bringing disruption or bringing attack or bringing devastation to a ministry. Prophets have the ability to discern, to see, uh, to pray, to stand in the gate. It is a spiritual position to protect the church. We're talking about the Shamar aspect of the prophet's ministry. Often pastors uh, have been taught that they are watchmen, and they are. Pastors are guards. But often pastors have not been uh, taught the importance of having others in the church, prophets especially, that are called and anointed by God to be watchmen, to be those that stand at the gates, to be those that protect through prayer, uh, through intercession, the walls and the, and, the, and the city of God. The Bible likens us to a city. It says a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Individually, you're like a city. Churches are like cities, and every ancient city had walls that would protect that city from any outside invasion, and there was safety within the city. When the gates were closed at night, no one could enter the city. The watchman's job was to stand on the watchtower and to make sure that they observed any approaching danger and to warn the city and the inhabitants of any approaching danger, and they, they provided a very vital uh, function in being watchmen. So often in scripture you see prophets referred to as watchmen. 
as, as those who stand at the gates, as those who are there to protect. Now let me read, let me read on. People who serve in the office of the prophet need to have an understanding of gates and entry points in their churches, their cities, their regions, and their nations. Having a revelation of gates and their importance will help prophets defend these entry points from invasion by the enemy. What are the entry points? What are the gates of a nation? What is, what is the doorway whereby things come in? For instance, Hollywood can be a gateway where things come into a nation. Borders and entry points in the physical are gateways. There's some states that I call gateway states where there's a lot of things coming in, a lot of traffic. Um, Florida is a gateway state. So it's not surprising that God would raise up very strong prophets in Florida. Other, other port cities where a lot of traffic comes in, individuals come, come in. These are gates. And not only do people come in, but they bring ideas. They bring things with them. And it's important that, that we stand at these gates in the spirit realm and pray that nothing illegal spiritually would come into our nation. Often nations, because they've not understood this important ministry of the prophet, have been invaded by all kinds of demons, demonic ideas, demonic philosophies, because often prophets did not take their place. And I don't want to just make it look like prophets have not taken their place. I believe a lot has been thwarted because of faithful intercessors and faithful prophets that have stood in their positions of authority. Who knows, as bad as people say America is or has become, who knows how bad it would be if prophets had not taken their place in intercession and prayer in the past. So we never know just how much the enemy's plan says they have been thwarted. I know that demons, devils hate prophets because prophets thwart their plans. Gatekeepers, watchmen, shamar prophets, intercessors are a hindrance to the work of the enemy. So no wonder the enemy does not want this ministry developed, released, or activated because he, he does not want his motives, his plans to be stopped. But thank God God is raising up uh, strong prophetic churches. Every city should have a strong prophetic presence. Every church should have a strong prophetic presence. Every region, state should have a strong prophetic presence where there are prophetic people, prophetic churches, and prophets that really pray and see in the spirit realm in that region and use their authority and power to stand against the works of hell that come to kill, steal, and destroy. We need this kind of ministry. It is important. It should never be taken lightly. Often churches have mocked the prophets, have mocked the prophetic ministry, have said we don't need that. No wonder there's so much devastation in some churches. I've seen churches destroyed. I've seen churches that were powerful that ended up being destroyed by strife, division, Jezebel, witchcraft, carnality, lust, perversion, uh, divorce, separation, pride, rebellion, false doctrine, false teaching, because they had no prophets or no prophets to warn or to stand in the gap and pray and intercede for that church. And as a result, that church was destroyed by the works of darkness. So it's important that we do recognize all ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but we're focusing now on the ministry of prophets. It's important that prophets take their position where God has assigned them, their ward, their, their gate, their watchtower, where God has assigned them. 
God will assign prophets to local churches. God will send prophets or raise up prophets within the local church who are committed to that church. They're not just prophets of doom and gloom. They're prophets who are part of the fellowship. They love the church. They love the house of God. They support the pastor's vision. They're there, they're there to pray, to protect the watch. They have no other motives. They're not there for their motive or their desire or their agenda. They have one agenda. That is to see that church continue to expand, to grow, to advance the kingdom, that the anointing of God, the spirit of God remains strong. Purity and holiness remain strong. Love and humility re remain strong. The gospel, the word remain strong. Leadership, marriages remain strong. Every area is protected through intercession. The children's ministry, the youth, the marriage ministry, the men's ministry, the women's ministry, the unmarried ministry, uh, every ministry, praise and worship, the preaching, the elders, the pastors, evangelism, the prophetic, the prophets, all the ministries of a church, the outreach, the community, the missions, every department needs to be covered in prayer by strong prophetic intercessors. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're not a prophet, you don't see things. Every believer can see. Every believer can have discernment. Every believer can prophesy. But prophets have a unique, strong anointing and ability in this area that is given to them by God, whereby they, they have a power and authority resident within that gifting that really operates on a higher level, and I'll bet we need this kind of ministry in the local assembly, in the local church. Now, at different gates in a church, praise is a gate, the praise and worship is a gate uh, that needs to be protected and covered. Many ministries are, 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 are ruined because perversion gets into the praise and worship or the choir or the music department or rebellion of pride gets in or religion or tradition gets in, stops that church from moving in, in powerful praise and worship. Um, seers are able to also cover leadership. Elders are gates. It's important that we don't get people in leadership position who have the wrong spirit, who are there to separate, to divide, who have hidden agendas, who are not qualified, who have ungodly character, immoral. Uh, they have an Absalom or Jezebel spirit of rebellion. These things cannot take root in a local church because it will end up destroying the church. Now, how is this prevented? Well, the prophet's ministry is in this, a church on page number 90 under pre preventing destruction, page number 90. It says a church will lose its protection if the gates are destroyed. The destruction of a gate results in unwanted things entering in. Demons can enter a church and establish strongholds if the gates are open. A destroyed gate means that nothing can be closed. In the city, desolation is left, and the gate is stricken with destruction. Isaiah 24 and 12. When a gate was destroyed in a city, uh, we know that Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians. King Nebuchadnezzar came, destroyed the gates, destroyed the walls, invaded the city, took the people into captivity. We know that, that Nehemiah was sent by God to rebuild the walls and rebuild the gates. There is also an anointing, I believe it's apostolic, represented by Nehemiah that can rebuild and restore gates that have been destroyed by the enemy. And that's the whole ministry of the apostle. Prophets can also operate in that. But when a gate is destroyed or when a gate is open, uh, the Bible says, he that breaks a hedge 
a serpent shall bite him. When a hedge of protection has been broken or gate has been broken or open, the enemy is able to come in and, and wreak havoc. Prophets are called by God to help stand at the gates through intercession. It's a spiritual gate, not a physical door, a spiritual door. To stand at the gate of intercession, to be watchmen, to be seers, to see anything in the spirit, whether it's Leviathan pride, whether it's Jezebel witchcraft, whether it's perversion, lust, whether, whether it's false doctrine, false teaching, uh, whether it's carnality, whether it's slowfulness, apathy, uh, these are things that can, whether it's mar marriage-breaking spirits, which is also connected to Leviathan and pride, uh, they're able to stand in the gate and see and stand against it and, and take authority and rebuke and bind the enemy uh, and, and, and prevent the enemy from doing what he wants to do. Remember the Bible says, by a prophet, Hosea 12, 13, was Israel preserved. They were shamarred. They were protected by a prophet. And, and it goes back to Moses. His intercession preserved Israel from being destroyed. His prayer ministry. Prophets do more than prophesy. And just because you prophesy does not make you a prophet. Prophets preach, they teach, they prophesy, they pray. They have a ministry that goes beyond just saying, thus saith the Lord. All believers can prophesy. He says your sons and daughters will prophesy. That doesn't make you a prophet. Prophets have, have more to do. They have an assignment. They have a calling. They're raised up in a church. They're called to a church. They function in a church. They should be recognized by leaders set aside releasing their gift and calling. I believe that every prayer ministry in a local church needs to be led by a strong prophet. I believe that every praise and worship ministry needs to be led by a strong prophet because praise and worship by nature is prophetic. But especially the prayer ministry, we should assign strong prophetic type people that oversee our prayer ministry. Uh, they have a desire to pray, but they have an unction to pray and to see. They have discernment. And that will do more for your church than almost any ministry. That will protect your church, keep your church. Doesn't mean that you won't have any problems, but the enemy will not be able to stop the move of God and the plan of God for a local assembly when you set prophets over uh, the prayer ministries of local assemblies. Um, the stronger that anointing is in the prayer ministry, the greater that prayer ministry will be and the more they'll mobilize others and shamar and protect the local assembly. The gate represents the place of authority, and the enemy wants to in unseat that authority so that he can plunder the inhabitants and usurp the authority for himself. The inhabitants cannot effectively counter the enemy's advance unless their defenses are coordinated by someone with the proper authority to do so. We'll talk about authority in a moment. The prophet has the spiritual authority to stand at the gate and challenge the enemy. Now, that is one of the, one of the ways you can recognize a prophet. Uh, it's not the fact that they can prophesy. There's an authority that they carry. When they pray, when they prophesy, when they preach, there's an authority that is resident within that anointing. It's a mantle. There's an authority God gives the prophet. And that authority is recognized in the spirit realm. Demons recognize authority. Remember they said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? They recognize people with authority. They recognize apostolic authority. They recognize prophetic authority. They recognize pastoral authority. 
They recognize the authority of the elders. Authority is real. And authority gives you the right to stand in a position and to function in that position. And it's recognized in the spirit realm. Angels recognize spiritual authority. So we need people in, in those positions of prayer, uh, intercession. They not only pray, but they have an authority in the spirit. When they pray, you can sense their authority. You can recognize the authority when they pray. Not only do you recognize it in your spirit, but demons and devils recognize it. When they decree things, when they speak things prophetically, there's an authority there. Remember what God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1. I've set you over nations and kingdoms, even though he was a young man. I've set you over nations and kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and, uh, and to plant. There was an authority in his words, in his mouth, to root out, to pull down, to throw down, to destroy, to build, and to plant. God gave him the authority over kingdoms and over nations as a prophet. So there is a, an authority within the prophetic office that is recognized in the spirit realm. And when that authority is, is exercised in prayer, in preaching, in teaching, in prophesying, in decreeing, in worship, wherever it's released, it's recognized in the spirit realm. And authority gives you the, the right and power gives you the ability to deal with any opposition, any attack of hell. And it prevents the attack of hell. It's like a military. The military has authority to protect the country. Every country has a military, whether it's Navy, Army. One of the primary functions of the military is to defend the country, to protect it from any uh, invasion. If the military is weak, that means another force can come from the outside and take over the country. With a strong military, there's because they have the right to uh, protect, the, they have the weapons and the right and the authority to operate, it protects the country. Same thing prophetically. Prophets are protectors. By nature, they love to protect. By nature, they hate the works of darkness. Now, there are many of you watching me now, you're, you're, you're what I call a prophetic type. You, you're, you're, your nature is prophetic. And one of the things you really hate is to see the enemy operate undetected and unchecked in the church. That really bugs you. That really bothers you. You see it, and when it's not dealt with, it grieves you, it vexes you, because that's what prophets do. That's, that's, that's a prophetic type. They hate the operation of the enemy. They stand against it. They don't compromise. And when it's not dealt with by the authority of the house, by the leadership of the house, it grieves them because they don't want to see the plans of hell prevail because they have insight. They see. They know what's going on. And they have a passion to see God's purposes fulfilled. And they hate and they're greed. You know, one of the one of the saddest books in the Bible uh, is the book called The Lamentations of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a prophet. He warned Israel. He was a watchman. A judgment came because the people would not listen. Sometimes there's a warning aspect to the prophetic. Uh, you can't stop. Sometimes you can't stop the enemy if people don't respond to the word of God and allow the enemy to come in. And so you end up weeping. Like, like Jeremiah, the city's burned up, the gates are destroyed, the walls are destroyed, and he weeps because he saw it coming. He warned Israel. They would not listen. He warned the kings, the leaders. They would not listen. He prayed. He interceded. He stood in the gap. 
but he really could not stop it because so many gates were opened spiritually by the sin and rebellion of the people. And then he writes a book called Lamentations, which is a book of weeping and crying because prophets weep and cry when their words are not heeded, when they see devastation. They have such a heart and a love and a compassion for the people of God. And when the enemy is not stopped and when the gates are destroyed, it will grieve the prophet. It will, it will hurt. Some prophets have this and, and, they, and they say, I don't like it. I don't like to feel this way. Well, it's the gift. God gave you that heart. It's, it's really a part of the heart of Jesus. Jesus, the prophet, the heart of God. God by nature protects and shamars his people. He, that's, he that keeps Israel or shamars Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It's the nature of God. It's the nature of the Holy Spirit to protect, to cover. And, and sometimes it, it's just like the Holy Spirit is grieved. We end up being grieved because we see the enemy coming. We stand at the gate. Uh, we pray. But if the people don't respond and if they don't repent and too many gates are open and too many hedges are broken, then the church ends up being destroyed and, 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 and you end up weeping like Jeremiah. Uh, again, uh, you can rebuke in the gate. That's on page number 91. The gate is a place where the enemy can be rebuked. To rebuke means to force back. A rebuke is a sharp reprimand. A reprimand man is a severe or formal rebuke by a person of authority. Um, the verse I want to give you is Amos 5 and 10. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate. And really that's the prophet's ministry. The prophets would always go and stand in the gates of a city and rebuke the people that were coming in, rebuke them for their sin. Isaiah went to the gate of Jerusalem. And when people were coming in, he would rebuke them in the gate. That's a part of the prophet's ministry, to stand in the gate and rebuke. And rebuke, again, uh, it means a sharp reprimand. A reprimand is a severe or formal rebuke by a person in authority. Uh, demons need to be rebuked. They need to be beaten back. Prophetic intercession rebukes the enemy, and it takes place in the gates, the very centers of traffic and business in every area of the kingdom of God. Spirits of witchcraft, lust, rebellion, deception, pride, Jezebel, religion, and carnality must be rebuked in the gates. This will prevent them from entering in and destroying the church. Needless to say, demonic spirits do not yield quietly to rebuke. They will resist and struggle. They hate the gatekeepers, the prophetic watchmen who interfere with their, with their evil plans. And so... This is the, the ministry of prophets, how we need this in the local church. We need more than just pastors. We need more than just teachers. We need prophets. Thank God for pastors. They are also watchmen. They guard. They watch. Many pastors are very prophetic, which is also important. Uh, thank God for teachers. They instruct in the word, give us to stand on the word. But sometimes you need the office of the prophet that comes to bring repentance, correction, adjustment, so that the people of God will not have open gates in their lives. The church will not have open gates for the enemy to come in. Sometimes repentance is necessary to, to mend the gates so the enemy has no place to come in. Can you imagine a fellowship where everyone is walking in love and walking in purity and walking in holiness and, and there's no they, they give no place to the devil? The Bible says neither give place to the devil. Can you imagine 
a congregation where everyone is walking in the word. Well, unfortunately, that often is not the reality. But thank God for the prophet's ministry because they can see in the spirit the weak points, the sin, the carnality, the disobedience, the rebellion in the church, and they can come, not with all, all the time with a judging, harsh word, but even come in love and, and bring correction. And often God's people are open to it, and they repent. Uh, they come to the altar. They change their ways. They deal with issues in their heart, whether it's unforgiveness, bitterness, hurts, whatever it is, pride, rebellion, whatever it is, and, 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 and those gates are closed. So it's more than just praying. It's more than just dealing with demons. Is also closing gates that are opened up because of disobedience and rebellion in the church. It's also often bringing correction, adjustment, repentance, uh, exposing the works of darkness and how badly we need uh, this kind of anointing uh, to operate uh, in the assembly. We are on the final months of 2022. Don't go into another year without hearing the voice of God. Go to www.impactuniversity.com to download your free copy of our brand new Master the Prophetic devotional to help you hear the voice of God for your now season and your future. Feel free to text us your questions on the prophetic, deliverance, or any other subject at 773-923-0451. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.